Hey, it's Jordan. We'll fire up the Chill Factory in about 20 seconds. Do you get the Chill Factory newsletter on LinkedIn? Each issue is inspired by conversations I've had here on the Chill Factory podcast and includes extras to help you, your clients, students, and anyone else you support. So subscribe to the Chill Factory newsletter on LinkedIn and see you there. When you're with trees or you know a forest or the ocean, your problems get reduced down to size because you're looking at this immensity of nature, which is far greater than anything we can ever conceive our own personal life to be. Welcome and welcome back to The Chill Factory, where we make work, school, relationships, and life less stressful with expert interviews, rapid relaxers, and excellent resources. I'm Jordan Friedman. When it comes to chill, something truly monumental happened here in New York City 165 years ago. By the 1840s, New York City, which was concentrated in Lower Manhattan in neighborhoods you may know, including the Lower East Side, the Financial District, and Tribeca, had become super overcrowded, polluted, filthy, and a breeding ground for disease. To create some breathing room and to draw inhabitants northward, New York took over about 800 acres of mostly barren land about five miles uptown to create a park. They held a park design contest, and Frederick Law Olmsted and Calvert Fox won based on their plan to, and I quote, provide visitors an escape from the stresses of urban life and tranquility and rest for the mind. Less than a year later, the first part of Central Park opened. And Olmsted and Vox's vision 165 years ago remains a reality today. When you enter Central Park at its southeast corner, which is the very crowded intersection of 5th Avenue and 59th Street, you slowly descend down a winding path. The noise and frantic motion and even the heat of the city fade away behind you. And in front of you, is a storybook pond, swaying grasses, wildlife, and a gracefully arching stone bridge. On this episode of The Chill Factory, we're going to talk about the great stress-relieving and healing power of nature, whether that nature is in a nearby park, in the mountains, at a beach, out a window, or on a wall. My guest Brian Luke Seward is in the mountains and he returns to the Chill Factory because much of his work in stress management and resilience is connected to nature. Luke is one of the foremost experts in the field of holistic stress management and a pioneer in the fields of mind-body-spirit healing and corporate health promotion. His wisdom can be found in PBS specials, college graduation speeches, and keynote addresses all over the world. Luke has authored more than 18 books, including the classic bestsellers, Stand Like Mountain, Flow Like River, and The Art of Calm. His latest project with Grammy Award-winning musician Greg Papagna is called Nature Escapes, and we'll take a couple of them before the episode is done. Luke and I met many years ago when we were both studying stress and how to manage it, so it's especially great to have him in the chill factory to, in a sense, pick up where we left off. What are we talking about here? Is the healing power of nature a discipline? Is it a practice? Or is it simply just getting outside and sitting under a tree? 
I think it's all those things. There's always been this idea that nature has a very healing quality, but it really took root back in the 70s when a number of psychologists and even some psychiatrists began to, in California, began to take their patients out for walks as opposed to doing the, the couch therapy. But it turned out that their, their clients did better with the therapy. And they thought something's going on here. There must be something with the trees or the nature environment. And so we now have a, a field of study called deep ecology, uh, ecotherapy, uh, the healing power of nature, forest bathing. A lot of attention has been put on this, which I think is great because we are a part of nature. It's a part of us. We can't divorce ourselves from it. But technology has certainly put a wedge between us and the natural world. And so to answer your question, it's a lot of things. And I got to tell you this one quick um, uh, research study, which I thought was amazing. And it was done by this guy named Dr. Ulrich back in 1984. And you may have heard it's a very famous study. He took a look at people who were in hospitals and those who had a view of, of trees and grass versus those who had a view of a brick wall. And the people who had a view of nature got better and left the hospital sooner than those who didn't. And it was like, hello, there's a message here. So it's it's a groundbreaking study. It's been done over and over again. And they now even found that people who have a um, a view of, of um, photographs and paintings of nature yes, do better yes. than those who don't. So so it's a, it's it's one of those proverbial wisdom ideas that we now have data to back up. Yeah, it's true. You'll go to visit someone in a hospital or in a nursing home or some other kind of care facility and the walls will be just blank white or or even worse like a puke yellow or orange and you think to yourself why aren't these walls painted with mountains and lakes and the ocean and you almost want to do it yourself yeah yeah well some hospitals have caught on to that um, not enough but we now know the research shows I mean, even if you have a plant in the room people do better because they they have that energetic connection to the outside world so so um thank you to all the people who woke up to that fact and, and uh, did studies <laughs> <laughs> yes and to the rest of you wake up uh so so how did you uh get involved with the healing power of nature because you spend a lot of time talking about it, you spend a lot of time in it, and you spend a lot of time helping people get to it. How, how did it start for you? Uh, for me, it was as a kid. Um, I was raised by two abusive alcoholic parents, and lucky for me, I had a forest in my backyard. So, to uh, gain some sanity and to escape the um, the, the horrors of what I was uh, being raised with, I would go out in the woods. And this sounds crazy, but it's, I'm not the only person to ever say this. The trees became my friends. And, you know, I would see wildlife out there and I thought, this is just incredible. This is just a beautiful place to be. It's so relaxing and so peaceful and calm. So that was my firsthand experience with it. And and I got to tell you that everywhere I've lived, um, I've tried to have some access to a national park or uh, a state forest or, or a local place where I can go just to have that daily connection because I need it. It's part of who I am. Super powerful. Maybe if you can elaborate on how you felt when you stepped into the forest in your backyard and out of the stress, and then more broadly, more about what we do know about how being in nature in all its forms brings the stress response down and increases the relaxation response. 
Well, I um I found the forest um, that uh, buttresses of my backyard to be like a sanctuary, you know whether it was the trees or the lake behind there, even some of the animals and birds. And I love the birds. Oh my God, that was a a big feature of my uh, my youth was to uh, get in touch with the songbirds and the hummingbirds and things. So it was it was um, kind of like a a realization that I was part of something much bigger than what I was growing up with at home. And so I think that was the um, the idea that I wasn't alone. I think one of the biggest problems we're seeing right now is this double-headed problem called alienation and isolation. People feel very lonely. And you know, you don't feel that in the forest. You don't feel that outside. Uh, and by the way, there's other people who've been through similar situations where they've had the ability to um, go to the beach and you know take a look at the ocean. And you realize when you're, when you're with trees or you know a forest or, or you know the ocean, your problems get reduced down to size because you're looking at this immensity of nature, which is far greater than anything we can ever conceive our own personal life to be. Um, but we now know through all kinds of research that spending time in a forest uh, or even a park, you know, it doesn't have to be like, you know, a uh, national forest. Um, it does things like it reduces heart rate. It reduces blood pressure. It increases your immunity which is, all these things are great. It, it, it decreases uh, cortisol levels, which is, you know, your stress hormones. So we now know what um, the, the wisdom keepers and the sages have been talking about for ages, and that is that nature has a very strong healing quality. And we have the proof, we have the data. There's even a study, which I can't remember the guy who did this, but he found that there's certain chemicals released from trees that when we inhale, tend to reduce our, our uh stress hormone level, which I thought is beautiful. I love that. Mm, and seemingly so easy. You know, I live in the middle of Manhattan, and a week ago I had the good fortune of going up to Vermont, and the place I was staying has a little stream that runs by it. Now, in past years during the summer when I've been there, there has been virtually no water in the stream. But Vermont just had catastrophic flooding, and the rivers and streams were full. And for the first time, I could hear the stream flowing for all five days I was there. I wow. heard it when the car door opened. I heard it while eating dinner, and I heard it all through the night because we were able to keep the windows open. And it was so powerful. It also made me feel like nature is mine as much as it is everyone else's who, who roams the earth. And it seemed so simple. It seemed like such a simple solution. And it also supported this idea, which is to produce experiences such as apps and such as music that uh, provide people with the sound of a flowing stream or an ocean because it is a sanctuary yeah it most definitely is and i you know i am um, every now and then probably you've seen this too where you see um photographs or, or um, videos of people in these national parks you know going up to try and get a selfie with a buffalo or an elk or something and of course it doesn't always end well but what i can't help but wonder is you know first of all why are they doing this and it's not just ego i think people want to have a spiritual experience and nature gives us that spiritual experience um and of course, wildlife is like the epitome of that. You know, whether it's to swim with whales or dolphins, or to uh, to you know see foxes and and um, 
and, uh, and mountain lions or, or whatever the case might be there. People are dying to have a connection. And that's why the healing power of nature can be so powerful because it gives us that. And it doesn't have to be as, you know, um, dangerous as the buffalo or, you know, the elk and stuff with antlers. Um, it can be something as simple as a bird feeder in your backyard. You know, and I, I, I know that I'm sitting here in Colorado and you're in New York City, but there is a way for people in the cities to have the same experience or at least have a connection to that. And one of my friends who lives in New York City says that when she gets a little down and out, she goes to a flower shop. And just surrounds herself with with the roses and the and the flowers and breathes in the the scent of the flowers and stuff. So it's there. We can find it if we look hard enough. Maybe we should name all of these other things that people can do that they may not think of uh, as ecotherapy because it is available to most of us. And I wouldn't want anyone listening or anyone hearing the term ecotherapy to think that that's not accessible to me because I live in a city or I don't have a car or I, I work a lot and I don't have time to drive to a lake or to the beach. So we're really talking about anything that gets us into or connected in some way with nature, right? Exactly. Yes, and, and um, yeah, and let's not forget uh, the, the wildlife too. And um, you know, I, I'll tell a story. My I grew up in Connecticut, so not far from you. Um, and my grandmother, um, um, who is not all that mobile, had a bird feeder in uh, her apartment. She lived in Hartford. And she one day I went to go visit her, and she she had her hand out the window with birdseed in it, trying to get the chickadees and the and the cardinal to come. And she did. She pulled it off. And it's a woman who's like ninety years old. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, she's got this connection to nature, which you would think there would be none. But but she found it. She made it. She made it possible. So um so there's all kinds of of ways in which we can do this. We just need to use a little bit of creativity. And again, if it turns out that you think you have no possibility for this, the next thing is photography, uh, to ha have images, screensavers, um, uh, audio files of, of uh, babbling brooks and things. And we'll get into some of that in a little bit here. But but there's there's all kinds of ways in which we can access nature. And I'm also a big fan, um, when the weather's good, just to get outside and get some fresh air. Take a look at the, um, at the, the nice sky, if you can, and see what phase the moon's in. See if you can see any stars. I know in New York City, maybe a little challenging there. Uh, but, but the concept is that um, uh, we, can, we can be creative with the possibilities of how to get in touch with nature. Speaking of audio, Luke, you um, spend a lot of time recording nature and then making it available for people to relax and de-stress with. Can, can you talk a little bit about your work in that area? Yeah, well, it began back in my days at the University of Maryland, our days at the University of Maryland, where I um, I taught a stress manager class, and I thought, um, you know, what can I do, do something different to kind of uh, get the kids relaxed? And so I put together a slideshow, a nature slideshow. That then led to another project called Earth Songs, where I did I got a video camera and began to do some video footage of, of um, some beautiful scenery and nature around the world. I went to South America, I went to Greenland, I went to Iceland, I went to um, uh, Chile, all these great places. And of course, had some great luck filming some wildlife too, and put it together for a movie, which ended up on PBS of all places. I was like so delighted to hear that. But I made it for cancer patients. I made it for people who couldn't get out. But then I, uh, I, I thought I'd do a sequel, 
And it turns out that um, I just got back from two trips to Africa last year. I always wanted to go there. You know, I wanted to see these animals for myself. You know, the, the elephants, the, the lions, the, the um, leopards, everything. I also did some recording. And Jordan, I got to tell you, one night we're, we're out coming back to uh, in our Jeep back to the lodge. And the driver stops the Jeep, turns the engines off and says, listen, just listen. And it was dark out. And what we heard were frogs. African frogs that sounded like wind chimes. And I thought, mm. I have got to record this. So I pulled out my um, my equipment and I recorded about uh, three to five minutes of it. And and then I thought to myself, wow, I got some really good audio from other places, um, all kinds of things. So I decided to put together a special Healing Power of Nature audio package called Naturescapes. And I teamed up with a musician who um, has won Grammys with the people like uh, uh, Amy Winehouse and Alicia Keys and, and uh, Beyonce and such. And he did a musical track of healing vibrations under the uh, sounds of nature. It's called Naturescapes, and it's got five different tracks. African frogs, which sound like wind chimes. That's my favorite. Um, the summer crickets in Colorado, uh, ocean waves from Hawaii. Uh, waterfall from Costa Rica, and rain from Costa Rica too, a gentle rain, which is my favorite as well. Let's take a little listen to African frogs. How do you suggest people use these? Jordan, what I typically tell people is there's three things that can suppress your immune system. Poor sleep, poor nutrition, and stress. And that sounds like everybody I know. So to help out with the sleep aspect, um, I thought this would be a great audio package to listen to as you try and go to sleep. Um, now, a lot of people um, use white noise to kind of balance out um, other sounds so they can actually... Uh, get a better focus on things. But you don't have to have a noisy room to listen to these tracks with. You can just listen to the the, the, the track as is. Uh, some people I find meditate to it. And uh, some of the people in the Wounded Warrior Program, the U.S. military, said it helps calm them down so they don't feel they're jittery for problems with PTSD. What's nice about trying to pull yourself back to balance and back to center is to have something predictable in a pattern and a routine and listening to audio music like this nature sounds with a nice bed of music underneath it is a way to i guess assert control in your life so you've got some means to say here's my routine that won't be interrupted yeah and to use the word sanctuary again a sanctuary to escape to we talk a lot about you know don't run away from your problems don't run away from your stressors you know face them deal with them but there's also a lot of value, at least temporarily, in feeling that you can get away from the things that are stressing you out and get to a place that makes you feel good and, 
and a place where no one's going to take it away from you. Yeah, I would invite everyone who is listening to this to make up your own sanctuary decide where that's going to be whether it's it's outside or even if you want to do it inside but but designate a time and a place that you can go to that you can call your own to find that place of balance within your heart and mind it's a really good book i like to recommend it's called um your brain on nature and the authors are um eva selib and alan logan and it's a great collection of research and very easily digestible, understandable nuggets to see how nature can be so healing. And of course, uh, we need to mention also the the, um, the king of this topic, and that's um, Richard Louvre, who wrote the book called The Last Child in the Woods. He's got a new book out called Vitamin N. Uh, but there are some really good books out there about the healing power of nature in case people are interested. And I would love to refer people to those, especially the one called Your Brain on Nature, because it shows the, re- the research about what goes on in your body's physiology. Luke Seward, thank you so much for coming back to the Chill Factory and helping us chill, and I sure hope you'll come back again. Hey, I look forward to it, Jordan. Thanks so much. Okay, take care. Yeah, bye-bye. Brian Luke Seward is an expert in holistic stress management and mind-body-spirit healing, and we'll put more about him and his work, including the Nature Escapes Project, in the show notes. Luke was also my guest on episodes 28 and 29 of The Chill Factory called Smarter Stress Reduction, Parts 1 and 2. Check them out because his wisdom shines through there as well. Let's stay outside a couple minutes longer in the Costa Rican rain. Audio Luke captured for another track on Nature Escapes. Thanks, Luke, and Nature. And again, we'll put a link to Nature Escapes on Audible in the show notes. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow The Chill Factory wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are available. And there's always more at thechillfactory.net. And as Jimmy Carter said, like music and art, Love of nature is a common language that can transcend political or social boundaries.